What's up guys? Welcome to the Flame Entertainment and Sports. It's your boy Rob here. Want to talk to you guys really quickly about SeatGeek as we recently joined Team SeatGeek. Of course, you know, SeatGeek, one of the best ticketing apps out there. My favorite part about it, each deal is rated on a scale from 0 to 10. So they do all they can to help you land the best deal possible. And uh, yeah, it's really cool. So uh, happy to share too that we have an exclusive code. Um, if you use code ROBCAO, R-O-B-C-A-O, you'll receive $20 off your first order at, at SeatGeek. And what better time than now? Holiday season, Christmas season, you know, to give someone some, you know, some pretty cool tickets to a, a game, a concert, stand-up comedy show. So once again, uh, uh, make sure to use code ROBCAO, R-O-B-C-A-O, for $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek. Alright guys, what's up? Welcome in. The time has come. We're live here on Instagram at the flame underscore ES. Gonna wait a, a couple minutes to see, you know, if anyone pops in, but for those of you listening now on the podcast feed, you know, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, uh welcome in. Hope you enjoy. For those of you tuning in here on Instagram, hope you guys enjoy watching this. So yeah, on uh on this Instagram live, I'm gonna be giving my thoughts on on the Dolphins' 28-27 loss last night to the Tennessee Titans on uh, Monday Night Football. But yeah, I'm going to wait a couple more minutes. Uh, drink some coffee really quick. So, of course, you know, this is, uh, I would say, of, of, our now, of our now four losses of the year, this is our most uh, crucial, of course. Um, I know that, uh, the three other ones came against teams, you know, that are at the top of the league record-wise, but this one is the most like, crucial um, because specifically, in my opinion, because of where we're at um, in the season. If this were, were to happen, let's say, uh, in the beginning of the season, right? Like anywhere, let's say, between week weeks one through week four, it'd be like, all right, you know, it was, I mean, all right, it's a loss, but it's the beginning of the year, you know, there's nothing to worry about. But then I, I do understand the people that um, are worried because, like I said, of where we're at right now in the season. And, uh, <laughs> unfortunately, it brings back, you know, um, bad memories from, from our, our last December in 2022, which, you know, um, we were 8-3 and three last year, and then December it was just, you know, um, terrible for us. Uh, but, so, yeah, now I'll finally, you know, get into my thoughts. So, yeah, to start off, so, yeah, with everything I'm going to say, um, I, I don't think I have to explain myself because like, those of you who know me know how much I love the Dolphins and, you know, how much they mean to me. So everything I'm going to say, this is uh, out of, like, my heart is because I care. I'm not, like, trying to, you know, criticize anyone because we lost or be negative. I'm not like that. But the Dolphins, like I said, for those of you who know me, who listen to the podcast, you guys know. Um, yeah, I'm just going to, you know, keep it real with my team because... Um, I, I know how good they could be, and uh, I know the roster that Chris Greer and the front office has constructed for this season is meant to compete for a Super Bowl. Now, it's not meant to, it's not like your typical Dolphins team in the past that, oh, we got lucky, you know, we won a couple of games, and, you know, hopefully, you know, we we uh, become a Cinderella story in the playoffs. Like, that's not the plan here with the roster uh, constructed right now at hand. Like, it's meant to win a Super Bowl. It's not meant, you know. Like I said, to oh get lucky and you know get into the playoffs and hopefully you know we upset some people, man. What a cool story! Like, nah, that's not what Chris Greer has uh, constructed here. So, um, with that said, so yeah, I'm gonna start off with what I think uh, is the, was the main factor 
to this Dolphins loss. Um, in my opinion, the the main factor was the coaching battle between, of course, our coach Mike McDaniel and the Titans coach Mike Vrabel. Um, I think Mike Vrabel and the Titans staff completely outcoached McDaniel and the and the Dolphins staff, and I think that was apparent from the beginning of the game all the way to the end. I think the Dolphins were completely out prepared. They were not prepared for for this matchup against the Titans, and uh, I think Mike Vrabel perfectly prepared his team uh, to go out. You know, when you think of the the season that the Titans have had, of course it's been an up and down season. You know, people look at the record and they're like, oh wow, like you know, how can the Dolphins lose to them? But uh, if you really watch their games, you'll know that the majority of the time, the Titans are usually going to be in the game to the end. Um, throughout, like, you know, Mike Vrabel's tenure there in Tennessee, uh, his teams always compete regardless of who's on their roster and regardless of their record, regardless of who they're playing. Uh, Mike Vrabel always has his team ready to compete. He kind of reminds me, you know, um, of like Eric's posture, you know. You think of the Heat. Uh, I always tell people with the Heat every year, uh, any given game, whoever's playing, that he have a chance to win. And why is that? Because of Eric Spolstra. You know, when you have a coach of that, that caliber, and yeah, he literally gives you a chance to, to compete every night. I think that's exactly what Mike Vrabel brings to the table um, in Nashville there with the Titans. And yeah, I just think that, that was my main my main takeaway from this loss was that uh, Mike Vrabel completely outcoached Mike McDaniel. And the hope now is that, you know, oh, it's a one-game thing. You know, don't worry, McDaniel's going to bounce back. Of course, we could hope that. But like I said to begin to the, this Instagram live, like, this team is not about, oh, hope. You know, like, the roster we have, like, the majority of coaches in the NFL would do anything to have the roster that Mike McDaniel has at his fingertips, like, including Mike Vrabel. Like, I could only imagine how much, how you know, how much Mike Vrabel would love to have the roster that McDaniel has here in Miami. So, um, yeah, I'm just hoping, you know, that McDaniel is able, you know, to learn from his mistakes. Um, it's crazy because I, I, I told my, my dad this multiple times, all the games that we've trailed this year, um, I see a trend with McDaniel when we're, when we're uh, trailing. He tends to change his offensive play calling uh, for, uh, for some reason. At first, I thought it was like, oh, maybe it's overthinking. Um, I still think there's some overthinking. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I still think it's like a mix like of overthinking, but also uh, maybe he, you know, he loses that like, confidence or he gets like like under pressure. He kind of cracks. I don't know. Because um, really, you think of our losses this year, like you think of our game with Buffalo, our game with, uh, with Philadelphia, Kansas City, even yesterday against Tennessee. Um, the bread and butter of this offense, as much as you hear, oh, you know, that firepower with, you know, Tua, Tyreek Hill, Waddle, the bread and butter and the key to this offense being what it's been for the majority of the season is a run game, you know. Uh, our offensive line, this has been our best offensive line in Miami in, I don't know, 30 years. Like this, be, this is the best offensive line I've ever seen here in my lifetime. And then you think of the running game. Um, like you, you look at what Raheem Mostert's been able to do this year. And I still think he's, like, arguably the most underrated, you know, running back in the league. He has the most touchdowns out of the running back position. And, yeah, that's been our bread and butter. That's why we've been, you know, successful the majority of the of the games this year because of the, on offense, I mean, uh, because of the running game. But, like, you, you look at yesterday, right? Our offense was doing absolutely nothing. The only thing that was working was Raheem Mostert. <laughs> he, he was doing incredible. He was really, you know, the, the lone, you know, standout, I would say, on the offensive side of the ball. 
And then we would get to the red zone and all of a sudden McDaniel would only call pass plays. And it's like, man, are you serious? Like the reason we got all the way down there or down here in the red zone is because of the run game. It had nothing to do with the pass game. So why why in the world are you going to like all of a sudden change your, your play calls just because just you're trailing? You're going to like panic and and then you, it also puts like Tua in a terrible position. You know, you don't have as much space to work with. And like I said, the passing game was not relevant at all yesterday. So, of course, the defense, I'm sure Vrabel and the staff there, they're like, oh, let's go. In the red zone, yeah. Like, pass it on us, I dare you. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, like I said, the Titans weren't able to stop the run. So, I, I'm sure they were really happy that McDaniel all of a sudden, when we're getting closer to scoring, went away from the run. Um, so, with that said, and those other losses, you know, I think of Buffalo, Kansas City, and Philadelphia, we, we would completely go away from the run for some reason, too. And we would just, like put all the pressure on the passing game, on Tua, on the receivers, and it's like, man, it's just, that, that's my really, you know, concern. I, I want to see, you know, if they're in one of our, you know, final regular season games, if we have a scenario um, when we're trailing, let's say we play the Jets now, and we play the Cowboys, we play Baltimore, and then we end with Buffalo. And one of those games, right, if there's a scenario where we're trailing, I really want to see uh, McDaniel, uh, change his ways. I don't want him to panic or overthink, man. We we know he's arguably the best, you know, offensive play caller in the league. Uh, I believe in him. We we all believe in him, but we want him to be himself. We we don't need him to to change his ways, man. If, if something's not you know working during a game, it's all right, man. Keep keep doing what what you believe is the right thing. Don't all of a sudden change your 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 ways, man. We believe in you. You're like I said, arguably the best offensive mind in, in the NFL. Uh, so. Yeah, that was my main, you know, takeaway from this uh, one-point loss to Tennessee. Um, aside from that, it was just, uh, oh, yeah, a point I really want to talk about. I know everyone now all of a sudden is like, oh, you know, the Dolphins defense, right, they collapsed, right, those final two drives. Like, how how could they? How could they allow those two scores, right? But it's like, guys, are you serious? Where, 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 where would we be yesterday without that defense? Like I said, a couple minutes ago, the offense yesterday, aside from Raheem Mostert, did absolutely nothing. So then now you guys want to put all the blame on the defense because they had two bad drives to end the game. And like I said, where in the world was the offense? Those two scoring drives <laughs> by, by the offense were set up by, by turnovers. One by the special teams that put our offense in the red zone and led to a, a Mostert touchdown. And then the next one was a fumble recovery by Bradley Chubb on defense that led to another Mostert touchdown. But without those two... The, the, that special teams uh, turnover and the defensive turnover, where in the world will we be with our offense? So I think people got to put that into perspective. It can't just be like, oh, like every when we're good, oh, it's all about the offense. And then, yeah, when we're bad, it's about, oh, the defense didn't, you know, they didn't come through. And, man, like, what were they doing out there? Like, like come on, you guys got to, like, there has to be respect, the equal respect all around. It can't, it, it can't, don't do the blame game, you know? Um, but yeah, I didn't like seeing that even in the stadium last night. I was hearing people uh, at the end of the game, like, oh, oh, man, you know, this defense, like, oh, what, what's happening? And I'm like, man, we, if it weren't for the defense, we, this game, we would have lost this game by, by the first half because the offense was nowhere to be found. Um, so yeah, <laughs> so yeah, I think, you know, like I said, a, a lot of coaching mistakes, um, the offense is nowhere to be found. Of course, like, I understand the defense, you know, they didn't come through at the end, but like I said, we, we, that scenario at the end, we wouldn't have been able to come back there without the defense. 
And I want to talk, uh, I mentioned, you know, special teams, right? We caused a turnover as well. Um, now, how about our special teams, man? Uh, they, they did an incredible job yesterday. In my opinion, the defense and the special teams, they did everything possible to g give us a chance to win. It was just unfortunately, you know, the offense and, and McDaniel's play calling was not there at all. And I think that's ultimately, you know, why we lost the game. But yeah, let me have my stats here. I want to shout out our punter. I thought he did a great job. Jake Bailey. Okay, Jake Bailey had five punts for a total of 235 yards, an average of 47 yards per punt, and a long of 56, including two punts inside the 20-yard line. So I wanted to make sure to give Jake Bailey his flowers. Uh, I thought he did an incredible job yesterday punting. Um, and the stick with special teams really quick. Also, Braxton Berrios. This was a game where, he's had, where he had the most opportunities to, to return kicks. You know, nowadays with all the rules, um, with kickoffs and stuff, the NFL doesn't really give kick returners the opportunities anymore to, to do their job. Most of the time, all oh, they have to take a knee or let the ball, you know, pass them in the end zone. But thankfully, you know, Berrios, yeah, like I said, it's the most opportunities he's had, and I thought he did a great job. He had a total of four kick returns for 99 yards with a long of 28, uh, which averages out to 24.8 kick return yards per um, return. So, yeah, shout-out to Berrios, you know. Shout out to Jake Bailey and even, you know, shout out to Jason Sanders. I know he had a kick blocked in this game. Oh, actually, I'm glad I, I'm glad I remember that. I had completely forgot that block kick. This goes back to my point of, of the coaching battle, right? McDaniel being completely out coached and outclassed yesterday by Mike Rabel. Okay, so it's our final drive of the first half, right? We've done absolutely nothing. Like I've said multiple times, right? The offense. We have a third and fourteen. If you'll go range. And what what does McDaniel call? He calls a run up the middle on a third and 14. He's like, oh, you know, let's settle for the field goal, take the three points. I'll, I'll, I couldn't believe it. I was like in disbelief because we're, we're not that team that, oh, we have to settle for three points, man. But we have arguably, you know, one of the best offenses in NFL history. And you're really, like, going to be comfortable with settling for a field goal. And look what happens. In my opinion, it was karma. We go for the field goal, and it was blocked by the Titans, uh, special teams unit there. So, in my opinion, that, that field goal block was karma uh, based off of McDaniel's decision to settle rather than to let his guys play. So, that decision did not go well with me at all, and look what happened. It ended up being, like I said, a block field goal. But I'm glad I remember that now, looking at the stat sheet here. But, yeah, I mean, other than that block kick, I thought, yeah, Jason Sanders, he nailed his other kicks, and he's been, for the majority of the season now, He's been very consistent, so I wanted to, you know, make sure to give the special teams their flowers, man. Like I said, Jake Bailey, Braxton Berrios, and uh, Jason Sanders. Now, let me let me look at some stats here for the defense really quick. Of course, uh, Zach Sealer, you know, one of the most cons consistent defensive tackles in the NFL. He had a pick six. That, that was super awesome to see. He's one of the most, you know, under-the-radar under defensive players in all of football. Uh, without him, we wouldn't be where we're at right now. And uh, he doesn't get enough love. Um, Zach Sealer, man, he's just, yeah, he's just consistent. You know, he just reminds me, like, it's like Andrew Van Ginkle. What is he? Consistent. They're just like those guys that, you know, they're always going to come through no matter what, no matter the scenario, the situation, whoever you're playing. They're always going to come through. So, yeah, shout out to Zach Sealer, you know. Like I said, he got a pick six in this game. Uh, something that I did notice um that was um, uncharacteristic of the defense. My, the one thing, because uh, like I said a couple minutes ago, like 
the defense, the special teams did everything they they could to give us a chance to win. But the offense did it, and the uh, yeah, and the coaching did it. But yeah, one thing that I was surprised by was that we only had one sack in this game, which is super uncharacteristic of us. I mean, even you think of last week's game in Washington, I believe we had like six or seven sacks in that one, and we usually have at least you know between, I mean, I would say three to four sacks per game. Uh, the lone sack came from Christian Wilkins. Oh, I, I just remembered another critical play in the game. Looking at the statue here, uh, another mental mistake by the Dolphins yesterday. Uh, Bradley Chubb, when he, uh, it was a, a third down for uh, Tennessee. We made, we stopped him, and then Chubb, he missed a sack on Will Levis. And what does he do after? He slams his helmet on the field, and that gives the Titans 15 yards and an automatic first down which led to them putting some points on the board. So that was very frustrating and very uncharacteristic of Bradley Chubb. You never really see him, you know, have those mental breakdowns. But I feel like it just started from the top yesterday, you know, with McDaniel being outcoached. I feel it just, like, trickled down uh, throughout the whole team. We just saw these, like, uncharacteristic mental errors from the Dolphins. And, of course, the hope is, you know, it was one game, you know. And uh, everyone was just, yeah, mentally not there, not focused or something. You know, that's the hope. But um, like I said to begin this, you know, Instagram live, um, yeah, all we could do is hope right now. And, 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 yeah, just hope and pray that this was a one-game thing because it, it does give, you know, some some not fun flashbacks to last December, you know, how that season ended. So, I mean, like, yeah, I just, we, we got to see how, how we come out now on Sunday. You know, we have another home game, a big division game against the Jets coming off of, I would say, their best win of the season. Uh, they just defeated the Houston Texans, you know, 30-6. to six. Uh, Zach Wilson, he threw for, I think, three over 300 yards. He had multiple touchdowns. And uh, I'm a Zach Wilson fan personally. I know that's a hot take. Uh, everyone just likes to criticize him. Um, it just hit, his story kind of reminds me of Tua. But whatever, that's not the point uh, for this Instagram live. But, but yeah, I am, of course, very, you know, I'm, like, anxious and excited to see how the Dolphins respond against the Jets. Uh, like I said, yeah, the Jets coming off of their best win of the year. It's a, you know, division game. And not only that, like, we're coming off our worst loss of the year. They're coming off of their best loss. I mean, their best win of the year. So, yeah, it's just, I think we're going to see, you know, the type of team that we're really made of. Um, and I know it's just, oh, one game. No, it doesn't matter if they beat the Jets, this and that. No, it does matter how they how they respond, man, after this mental breakdown and also, it's gonna. See, uh, I can't wait to see how Mike McDaniel responds because the coach on the sidelines Sunday, uh, Robert Sala of the Jets. I, I'm a huge fan of Robert Sala. He's an incredible coach. But McDaniel, that that's the thing. As we get deeper in the season, you think of the coaches we have, right? Uh, that we're playing against uh, for the rest of the season: Robert Sala, uh, Mike McCarthy, uh, Jim Harbaugh, and uh, Sean McDermott. Those are. I mean. There's a reason those teams have, that, that they coach have been, you know, perennial playoff uh, teams throughout their tenures. Uh, of course, not not the Jets, of course, but uh, McCarthy, Harbaugh, and McDermott. Of course, I know the Jets haven't made the playoffs with Salah, but I guess for Salah, not perennial playoff because they haven't made it, but I guess for Salah, perennial competitive team because throughout his short tenure with the Jets, they always give it their all and they always have one of the best defenses in the league. Uh, so, yeah, McDaniel's really going to have to step it up uh, quickly. He has to, uh, you know, learn from his mistakes quickly. Because, like I said at the beginning, this, uh, the roster constructed at hand here by Chris Greer in the front office is not meant for 
oh, uh, clinch the playoff spot and oh, hopefully we get hot. Nah. The, you look at this roster, this uh, a roster meant to compete for championships, you know? It's not, that, that's the goal. It's, it's, it's competing for a Super Bowl or it's a failure, like point blank, period. It's not your typical Dolphins team. Um, so, yeah, like I said, I'm anxious and excited to see how we come out on Sunday here in High Rock Stadium against the Jets. And, um, yeah, uh, oh, man. Like, yeah, I'm just anxious and excited, you know. It's like 50-50 because, <laughs> cause, like, yesterday, when I see a loss like we had yesterday, it's not about, oh, we lost and it was a one-point loss. And it's not about that. It's like the way we lost, like, that we were completely outcoached and that we had uncharacteristic mental breakdowns. That really scares me because the majority of, of sportsmen, you win, like, up here, you know. Obviously, for those of you listening on the podcast, you can't see me, but pointing at my head. Um, <laughs> yeah, without high IQ and good coaching, you're not going to go anywhere. You might get lucky here and there, you know, win a couple of games. But, yeah, without good coaching and high IQ, you have no chance to really compete, you know. Um, maybe so, with some luck, you'll, you'll win. But, yeah. So, yeah, it was just very uncharacteristic, man. See these mental mistakes and, yeah. Like I said, I'm going to reiterate this point once again with Mike McDaniel. Like I said, there's been a trend in all the losses this year that he goes away from his typical play calling, gets to the red zone, he goes away from the run game, which is our bread and butter and the reason we've been so successful this year on offense. And I don't understand it at all. And I hope right away uh, our next game here against the Jets, he changes his ways because if he's going to continue to do that when we when we trail, it's like... Ah, it doesn't give me a good feeling, you know, because if he's not able to adjust under pressure and, you know, like stay confident and, and believe in himself and his players, it's very scary because, uh, I mean, as we get, if we really want to make a run here, you, you got to be, you, you got to be incredible under pressure, man. Like the deeper we get, the you think of the teams uh, uh, that we're going to compete against now, the Jets, the Cowboys, the Ravens and the Bills. There's going to be more pressure than ever. You get into the playoffs, more pressure than ever. Just as the games go by, the pressure is going to go up. So we're going to see what this team, what this coaching staff is really made of, you know. Um, but, yeah, let me look over here really quick. So really quickly, um, I have the standings here. Um, so, yeah, with that last yesterday, now we, we have the second seed in the AFC as we fought at 9 and 4 the Ravens now have a uh, command of the number 1 seed at 10 and 3 and um of course we like I've said multiple times on this live we play the Ravens in a couple weeks we play them in Baltimore our final road game of the regular season on New Year's Eve actually and uh yeah we'll see what happens but yeah so Ravens 10 and 3 with the 1 seed Dolphins 9 and 4 with the 2 seed then we have three teams at 8 and 5 the Chiefs, the Jaguars, and the Browns, and then you have a wow. You have a, a lot of teams looking in. At seven and six, we have one, two, three, four, five, six teams in the AFC at seven and six. That's incredible. The Steelers, the Colts, Texans, Broncos, Bengals, and Bills. Uh, so that's just incredible. Um, we have so many teams right now in the playoff race. Um, that's another thing. Like for, for the Dolphins, you know, it really turned this around. Like, hey, we can't just fall now because. You, you look at these standings and all of a sudden now teams are like, oh, the majority are going up, you know? So, yeah. Nine and four. 
got to regroup, got to learn from our mistakes, coaching staff, players. Of course, I know, thank I remembered one point that I wanted to bring up on here. I know, because um, I was hearing it in the stadium yesterday, um, when we had guys that going down, you know, there was multiple injuries on both sides yesterday between the Dolphins and Titans. I believe there was like eight or nine players that went down. Um, but what, what I don't like to hear, um, specifically because of the type of roster we have constructed is, oh, oh man, you know, another offensive lineman goes down. Oh, this guy is out. Oh, what are we going to do? Oh, Tyree Kill, you know, he went out yesterday. Um, the beginning of the game, oh, man, we're done. Like, that meant, that's a loser mentality. You're never going to go anywhere with that. You're not going to succeed at anything with that mentality. And, um, yeah, I hate hearing that because for those of you who really keep up with this team, We'll not just, oh, tune in randomly because, oh, we're doing good now. Like, we've had injuries the whole season. From preseason to now, we've had a bunch of injuries, and specifically on the offensive line. Like, Teron Armstead, right? He didn't play yesterday. He hasn't really played the majority of the games this year. And the guys who have stepped in for him have done an incredible job. Uh, Kendall Lamb, uh, Keon Smith, Lester Cotton, um, you know, Robert Hunt missed a, 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 game, a game yesterday. We had our center Connor Williams go down. We had multiple multiple guys go down. I understand, but like, like don't don't use the excuses. Like, what I've been, what I hear now is like, oh, the, the injuries to the offensive line, and then oh, the defense collapsed. But it's like, man, this is a whole team. Like everyone should be held accountable, and don't give excuses because, like I've said like a hundred times today, the roster we have is meant to compete for a championship. It's not like this. Not. And, and even if it wasn't the best roster, like that, that's like just a loser mentality. And then that also, when when the team hears that, like, oh, these players are going down. Imagine the guys that are coming in. You think they want to hear their fans like not believing in them either? That's another um, point to bring up. But but yeah, all right. Let me see here. A couple of comments here. I don't know if everyone's still in. Okay, flueless. What's up, man? Okay, George, what's up? Paul, what's up, bro? Um, short-term memory loss. How confident are you in securing a top three playoff seat at this point in the season? Um, so, I would say I'm so I'm so very confident. Like I, I really think I believe in this team and this coaching staff. You know, I think Mike McDaniel, he's the type that he's gonna learn from his mistakes. So I'm very confident. I think we'll definitely end up as a top three seed. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if we end up as a number one seed. Uh, because I think we're going to be even more hungry now. And we have that extra chip on our shoulder. And we, like I said, we, we, we battled off against Baltimore in a couple of weeks. So I, I'm, I'm super confident. Like I said, I, it wouldn't shock me if we end up with a number one seed. Because I know how good we could be. But with that said, ultimately it's about what the players and, and the coaches, you know, do on Sundays, you know. But no, I'm completely confident that we, we get a top three seed, Paul. All right, what's up, Andrew? What's up, man? Felt like Mike showing his lack of experience on some of our losses this year. Players and fans love him. The front office is purely business. He has to deliver. His days might be numbered. Now, I understand that point. I, I understand definitely, you know, the lack of experience. I definitely understand that um, in comparison even to Mike Vrabel, right? Mike Vrabel this is like, what, his seventh season coaching. So I definitely understand that point. The days numbered, I, I understand that too. Um, it makes complete sense and... Um, because, you know, really because of the roster constructed. But um, I do think, you know, going back to your first point of experience, we, we still do got to, you know, give them some time. We can't just say, oh, like panic and just let them go because 
the the majority of his you know short tenure has been man has exceeded expectations and you know he's been our best coach since Don Shula so um, but I do understand your points bro those are great points right there for sure I see Brandon Sports Talk Bradley Chubb looked good last night for the Dolphins no I I agree Brandon uh, for sure yeah aside from you know his one mental breakdown where he slammed his helmet aside from that he he did an incredible job um and yeah he he's it's been so cool to see his journey um ever since we traded for Chubb last year he's just gotten better and better and that's why I said when I talked about his you know mental breakdown it like completely shocked me because it's so uncharacteristic but I mean it happens to the best of us you know so what can you do man he he's been one of our you know key contributors into why we've been so good this year man so I know Bradley Chubb I feel like he's gonna have a hell of a game this Sunday I I, I think I, I feel multiple sacks coming against the Jets on Sunday for Bradley Chubb um but yeah guys let's go okay Andrew let's see have faith hope the, or, hope the organization believe in him too amen bro I'm with you 100% I, I have the faith man and no no I, I really believe we're gonna turn this around you know um it's one loss of course but like I said, there is a lot, you know, to, to to work on. But I really believe we have the people in place, man. From the top, you know, starting with the front office all the way to to our our practice squad, man. I, I really do believe we have the, the people here. Um, they love each other. They, they want to see each other succeed. And I think they're really going to come together. And I think we have great leaders, you know. Um, I think of, you know, Teron Armstead, Tyree Kill, Christian Wilkins, Bradley Chubb. You know, to uh, j- just to name a few there, even like most, all, all these guys, man, they're all leaders. Um, you, you know, they really love each other. And I think that we're really going to come together. And um, yeah, I can't wait to see, you know, our response on Sunday. Like I said, um, at Hard Rock Stadium, one o'clock game against the New York Jets. And, and yeah, I mean, I think that pretty much, you know, wraps up my thoughts on the Dolphins, you know, 28-27 loss to the Titans. See you. Andrew, our team's culture is by far my favorite in the league. Been a pleasure to watch this year. Amen, bro. We have an incredible culture, man. Um, yeah, I love it so much because, yeah, like like I, I said a couple minutes ago, man, like I, I love when teams, you know, really um, are, are happy. You know, when teammates are happy for each other's success, you know, and you, you see that constantly with this Dolphins team. And, uh, and yeah, it's, it's definitely a joy to watch, and I think, yeah, what McDaniel and Greer have really, you know, brought in here and really established this culture, man, is, man, it's such a blessing, you know, and uh, little by little, you see, like, some uh, re- re- renderings, I think that's what you call it, of, like, heat culture, you know, so it's definitely, I-, I couldn't be more grateful, and like I said, I just can't wait, man, to see how we respond against the Jets, but, but yeah, I want to thank everyone who came out, you know, to watch this live today to hear my thoughts on the Dolphins' loss, um, I really appreciate it. Hope you guys enjoyed this. For those of you listening on the podcast feed, um, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, I really appreciate it. Uh, fins up, you already know. Until next time, everyone, take care. All right, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Before we wrap up this episode, I want to talk to you guys again about SeatGeek, of course, SeatGeek. Like I said, uh, to begin the episode, we recently joined Team SeatGeek, and it's just awesome, you know, to be part of one of the best, you know, ticketing apps out there. And uh, like I said, to begin the show, what better time to buy someone's tickets to a sports game, a concert, stand-up comedy show? Make sure to use code ROBCAO, R-O-B-C-A-O, for $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek. Once again, use code ROBCAO, R-O-B-C-A-O, for $20 off your first ticket purchase at SeatGeek. Till next time, everyone, take care.